Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. Hello, hello. All right, Poppy, we are back with the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, and we have had some amazing shows, and guess what? Hit me. 20th episode. Oh, man, this is historic. Yes. <laughs> Look, I needed a drum roll. Um, but yes, we are at our 20th episode, and we have had some blazing hot, especially that last one, uh, some blazing <laughs> hot episodes. But this I mean, one is going to be so, so good. I'm too terribly excited for this one. I mean, it is summertime, so we're definitely keeping it, you know, keeping hey, it spicy. You're going to need a, a, the air conditioner blasting wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Hey, man, um, I like our versatility. That's what we're here for. We got something for everybody. Absolutely. Um, and I am so excited to bring in our next guest um, because she is going to break down love and money. Um, so our guest is the boss creator. And um, information can be found at IamBossCreator.com. Uh, but Liz Yancey started out as a credit repair, um, credit repair person, I suppose is what I should say, or analyst or whatnot. Right. And, you know, the laws changed around that. And she'll talk to that uh, as she comes in here in just a moment. But, hey, there she is. Perfect timing. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Uh, we're excited to talk about this topic. And like I was telling Nelsa, like, this is something that a lot of people don't think about. Honestly, I, it, this is really something that doesn't really cross people's mind, but it is definitely an important topic. And believe it or not, something that I notice, uh, a lot of people that tend to divorce, uh, economic fi- financial reasons are on top of the list. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Most definitely. And, you know, statistics say uh, most divorces are around money. Um, You know, not even infidelity. It's around, you know, financial um, incompatibility, if you will. Financial, um, you know, um, abuse where, you know, maybe one spouse is running up uh, debt. And not being honest with the other one, uh, just all all sorts of things. But I guess one of the first things, uh, Liz, we would mm-hmm. like to know is, you know, just tell us a little bit about your background and what makes you um, the expert that I feel like um, after just listening to you talk and, um, you know, what you've done with your with your career, uh, why people should really pay attention to this episode with you. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Good question. Well, um, experience have brought me here (laughs) in being, um, I wouldn't say expert, but the experience of being in a relationship and dealing with financial difficulties and learning to work them out versus, you know, um, spending energy to argue and fuss about it. Um, I've been doing credit restoration for about, I said about 13 years plus probably a little over 13 years and helping clients out um, during that time it you see a lot of things that go on with with different clients and their spouses and how much one client knows about the other so mm-hmm. with doing that um, you find out that sometimes one one client one um, spouse, they don't know anything about how much that spouse make and what that spouse actually do with their money. And I thought it was kind of sad because I know um, my husband and I, we literally, we make it our business to know what each other is doing. And Mm -hmm. we try to strategize things. So where he's weak, I'm strong, where I'm weak, he's strong. So, but with other couples, you notice there's a lack in communication in finance and when there's a lack of communication i mean it is it's definitely going to be a disaster waiting to happen absolutely absolutely and uh you know if i say it one time you know my listen audience can probably 
uh, quote me by now and Jorge, communication is where it's at with anything in building a healthy, positive relationship, especially around money. So one of the questions I have for you, Liz, was when is a good time, um, especially at the beginning of a relationship, you know, maybe you've gotten interested in someone, you're, you know, in that get to know each other phase. When do you start asking questions around finance? Well, I always say wait, just kind of feel a person out because you really know, you'd never know a person like right off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people jump into relationships and they don't get to know um, the person. And I think um, at least give yourself at least three to six months of okay. knowing a person. Yeah. I, I said, take your time because a lot of people have learned to mask a lot of things. And you mm-hmm. can't keep a mask on too long. Um, a lot of people hide things. I mean, you get a lot of things about people even hiding their identity and who they really are. Mm-hmm. But I think we we forget what the word relationship really means. And I think you and I discussed a little bit about this, how I kind of break it down. If you look at the word relationship, what is the first word that you actually see? Relate. Relate. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to do that first. But see, we are so anxious to get to the next word and what the re- next word is. Ship. <laughs> no, it's actually relation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is true. So relations. <laughs> so you go into yeah. relations. And yeah. see, we think when you're going into relations, that means it's physical, but it's right. really not. You need, when you go into relations with somebody and you're ready to get serious, you need to make love to their mind first. Find out where they are, where they sit, what makes them tick, what makes them move, what makes them, you know, angry, what makes them sad, what makes them happy, and how they deal under pressure or stress or even mm-hmm. with money. So once you, before you do all that, those two words are the most important thing in the word relationship. Now, what is the very last word in relationship? He said it earlier. Ship? Yeah, ship. Exactly, ship. Now, what does a ship do? A ship, it, it takes cargo from one place to the next. Now, if you ignore those two words, guess what you're going to have if you get into all of the, you you not relate with the person, but you get in relations with the person. Now you got to deal with their baggage and their ship. Now what happens? Mm. That baggage, you take that baggage with you and that person everywhere you go, especially when it comes down to debt. You carry their debt, you carry their issues, you carry their problems, you carry their frustrations. Now the happy relations that you had is no longer happy no more. Now you ready to reverse all the way back to, let me relate to this person. Let me find out who I married or Mm. who I got in bed with. And now you don't know because you skipped the first part. It's like making a cake without putting the sugar in it or putting the flour in or putting the eggs in it. Mm -hmm. So being that ship is traveling all over the place and you just can't get rid of something so quickly people have a different frame of mind when it comes down to money and relationships. So I feel that you should take your time, find out where that person is and don't be afraid (laughs) to talk about finances. Finances is a part of relations. It's a slippery slope, right? Because Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, as an individual, Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to find like that right timing of, Hey, so what do you do? And you know, what exactly, you know, where are you at on the tax bracket? Like it can be a tough conversation for some people because you don't want to come off as, Hey, you're merely interested in this person just because of their financial uh, prosperity. Um, but also at the same time uh, it's important to lay out, what your aspirations are you know because you have some people who have goals like hey i'm working and saving up to buy a house right and then you have other individuals they're like hey i'm working and saving up saving up to start a business okay and when two individuals who are trying to unite or who are trying to live together but they have separate financial goals that's going to cause issues so it's important to have this conversation before you get 
too deep into this relationship to make sure that you're both on the same page or, you know, at least the same wavelength. Well, you know, Jorge, one thing that I do know, if you have goals, it's still going to target both of you, whether your goals are big or small, you're still going to target back to one thing and that's your credit and your finance. It's mm. always come back there. Regard, I don't care what goal you have. Yeah. It's going to come all the way back down to, and the question, the, the conversation that you want to have is basically what you spoke of, you know, ask the person, so what's your goal? And yeah. I can relate to that because that was something that I asked my husband said, I asked him, what was your goals? What was his goals? And he told me his goals. You know, he, he wanted to do towing and transporting. He wants to build this business. He had already started, but he didn't know what his credit score was, but neither one of us knew about credit. Mm. And see, that's another thing that involves a lot of people. A lot of people don't even know where their credit is, or a lot of people scared to even look at their credit. And I always tell them, embrace your credit because it becomes your new money. It becomes your new situation. So embrace it. You, you embrace it. And you ask that person, what's your goals? And, and that will lead you right into credit. It's like, well, you know, in order to uh, do this, this, and this, you have to have a good credit score. So where do you sit right now? Yeah. I mean, to get loans, to get, you know, Everything. a house. To get a job. To get, to get grants. Like credit all is stuff. the glue. Credit mm-hmm. is the glue to it all. Credit is the glue. Whenever you get that cleared up, then everything can function. Okay, so literally, I have mm-hmm. to ask you this by saying mm-hmm. a couple things on here. Um, mm-hmm. No matter what goals you have, it always comes back to credit and finance. Embrace mm-hmm. your credit; it becomes your new money. Mm-hmm. Credit is the glue. What about the Dave Ramsey followers who believe cash is king, and that you know don't even bother? doing anything with credit if you can help it i know a lot of people a lot of those people (laughs) and i just think to me there seems you seem to need a balanced game plan and doing just one all credit with no cash seems to be out of balance or doing all credit i mean all cash with no credit seems to be imbalanced because i know people who have told me that they were considered like, are you dead? Because we can't find you anywhere because <laughs> they never spread <laughs> it. Right. Um, but, you know, they, you know, were obviously had to be very uh, diligent with their money and, you know, took care of it very well to not have to have it. But like you said, there are all sorts of things that either you're not going to get or you're not going to try to get because you don't obviously show up with credit or like, you know, like, what do you say to those people? Is <laughs> Well, one thing about it, we got to understand, we didn't put none of these systems in place. Right. And for someone to tell you not to use credit, I'm not really comfortable with that at all. One reason is because I know that the dollar is, get to, is getting ready to be no more. So with the dollar depreciating in value then what Mm -hmm. you know where do you go from there because at this point how many times have you been to the bank this this month uh a few quite a few (laughs) i think i mean for me probably (laughs) once maybe i think once but to me the way i see it as far as you know credit goes it's one of those where i'd rather have it and not need it than to need it and not have it well, the one thing about it, you're you're going to need it more and having it and, and they may try to deter you from getting it, but you got to have it. It's just right. unless you unless you are wealthy enough to use cash and cash only. But a lot of people now, if you notice, a lot of stores are going straight digital. And they're going, and they're, they're you're using a card. It's, it's going to plastic, period. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the wealthy, <clears throat> the wealthy, that's all they use is cards, cards, cards. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what's on Dave Ramsey's mind. However, I do know that the majority of the wealthy people use cards and they use cards for everything. They they would tell you throw away your debit card mm-hmm. and the, what you would do with your debit card is pay your credit cards. Not use your debit card, but use your credit cards because it gives you more power. So to say not that, I could see the balance in some sense of if you want to use your cash, but the majority of the time, how many people really carry cash on them? I don't because I, I mean, I, I, don't I remember I remember being young. I lost money uh, when I had it in the, in the gym. I went to a gym and I had like a hundred bucks and, I'm, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I was leaving and I checked my wallet. Money was gone. And I was like, all right, <laughs> lesson learned. No more. Do right. not carry a bunch of cash. <laughs> now I, I, I might carry 20 bucks on me. Right. Mm. And, and same here. So I feel that, you know, I don't like that um, method that he's teaching, but I mean, you have some people want to roll with it because they want to have, I guess, an alternative or an option, but sooner or later, they're not going to, there's not going to be an option in that sense of, you know, it's going to be credit period, either credit, some kind of cryptocurrency, Mm -hmm. all that is coming into play. And we can ignore it all we want and not want to have it all we want, but it is coming. That Let me ask you, ladies, something because mm-hmm. uh, I know this is at least when I when I was married, um, and then people would ask me, you know, how we had um, our setup between me and my ex wife. So we had we had a bank account that we shared, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much you know for bills and you know to to make sure that everything was paid. Mm-hmm. And then we each had our own separate accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my own personal bank account. She had her own personal bank account. Mm-hmm. And my family and even other people close to me, they thought that was the weirdest thing. That's not weird at all. Not uh, That's not, smart. Not in my family. My mom raised me with a his, hers, yours. Yeah, and that's kind of where my parents, you know, my parents kind of fell under that line. They were like, why, why do you have your own? And you know, why don't you just have one just with her? And I'm like, well, I do, but I also have my own because I make my own money. And sometimes I want to just, you know, buy whatever I want. And that was kind of my reasoning with it. But, you know, people who have that, that old school way of it, uh, I, I get it. But to me, I think it's a little bit of old school and new school, in my opinion. I, th- I think it's, I think it gives a couple, um, they're independent. And yep. and the reason why I say it gives you the independence, a lot of people don't look, they look at a relationship, oh, everything is together. You should put everything together. That's not true. You don't put everything together. You understand each other. You communicate with each other. And like my husband has his own account. I have my own account. I have him on my account. He has me on his account as beneficiaries. However, we do have an account together. But if something should ever happen to me, he knows how to get to my account. If something ever happens to him, he I know how to get to his account. There's nothing to hide there. It's just that when he decides to take some money out to do whatever he wants to do, free to do it. Why? Because you work hard for your money. Do what you right. need to do. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is understanding each other. And you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Meaning, say for instance, something should happen to my account. And all of us, both of us is stuck on this account using this account and it's a problem and now we don't have anything because it's all tied up over here right because both of our names are and and i learned that through our relationship is to free up one name make sure one name is free let the let the strongest do what it needs to do and make sure that the other one is strong enough to do what it needs to do if anything should happen if that makes any sense no, so, absolutely. So even like on a house, um, when you're purchasing a home, I have a lot of clients that ask me, um, should I put my husband on the um, on on the mortgage? I was like, who's the strongest? It was like, well, my credit's the strongest now, and I'm, but he makes the most money. Okay, I said, well, this is what we'll do. Since he makes the most money, let's get his credit score up to where it needs to be, and you you stay over here for a minute. And then even though we get the mortgage, guess what? You still can be put on the deed, but no issues. And either, either way you look at it, you both still own the house. He can't do yep. anything with you. You can't do anything without him. 
and you're still both on the houses. The house is still yours. It's just that his name is on the mortgage. Now, what that do, what that does, it frees her up just in case something should go on. Now, you can use your credit and build your credit and get the furniture for the house. Or, or right, if you're applying, I, I actually have, I work in mortgages and I've, mm-hmm. been, I've been in mortgage banking for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes, you know, you may have a spouse who has spotty credit. And right. that spotty credit can make things difficult for the lender mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. you the loan that you need. So sometimes you may have to do without adding the borrower who maybe has a bankruptcy or who maybe has a foreclosure because banks don't like that. Mm, uh, right. So you may have to, you know, leave that borrower, you know, or, or in this case, a spouse, you know, you may have to leave them off the loan. And like you said, you just add them to the deed. So that way, right. hey. You you're still part of the you you're still owner. Frankly, right. you want to be on the deed. You don't want right. to be on the note the because note, the note right. means that the bank can come after you to pay right. the mortgage back. Right. If you're on the deed, that means you own the house, and you're you know you're not you on the note, so. and you're on the hook. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Liz, mm-hmm. going deeper into a relationship, you you know decide you're gonna make it permanent. You join in the union. And you didn't do your due diligence, but you later find out that your partner wasn't very forthcoming about their debt, about their mm-hmm. credit, what have you. You've been doing some um, consulting, I know, and you've been mm-hmm. working with people. What advice do you give the partner who has been um, kept in the dark as far as, uh, and, and, you know, I, I believe in good open communication mm-hmm. and I do believe in honesty in mm-hmm. a marriage, especially. Mm-hmm. So what if, you know, one of them withheld that information, how do you advise a client as to, you know, number one, repairing the damage done to theirs uh, by joining in with someone who wasn't forthcoming. And then number two, how do you repair the relationship? Even have you had any experience in that, in that type of, dynamic yes and what i tell both of them i said this this is the time that you actually have to come together and communicate truly communicate because even though you you've withheld some information because you felt you know you love this person so much you don't want to hurt them or you still want this to go forth because i i really want our marriage because i love you i don't want you to go i want you to be there whatever but being deceived, a person will get angry. But at the end of the day, you've said your vows and it's death of two part. And this is a part of it. So at this point, you're instead of being husband and wife, now you have to be friends and communicate and speak to each other and talk it out. Because at this, at this time, this is the most crucial time. And you have you would actually learn something from each other at this point you can't just break a marriage or just because oh I was deceived yes we all are at certain points and everybody will have something but communication after the fact is is going to be so important and it's going to test your 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 love and your strength for each other it will test it but I just I just feel like communication at this point, tell just just now let us sit down and let's write out what we need to do, how we need to go about it, get on board with each other and and work it out because there's no perfect marriage. So if you start out now, get it out in the open, get it done and finished, you won't have to worry about hitting that same bump down the road. And I think communication at this point will be the key. I don't think you need to get a divorce right away. You just got married. And so, to me, oh, go ahead. Um, so what I, what I wanted to kind of add to this is, you know, as far as with the whole dating concept of it, like me personally, from what I've learned from, mm-hmm. you know, my previous experiences and relationships and, uh, you know, marriage, if I see myself, uh, living with this person together Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know potentially forming either a marriage or a long-term relationship Mm 
that conversation needs to be had before mm-hmm. taking that step. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that conversation needs to, you know, go something like, hey, what what kind of debt do you have? Um, do you have student loans? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's your credit look like? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, also what aspirations do you have as far as, you know, financially or, you know, personally or mm-hmm. professionally? Maybe he's a chef and he wants to do a food truck. Right. And, uh, you know, those food trucks are very expensive. Like they're you're looking at minimum 25 or more. Just well, for I, a think nice so- food truck. I think sometimes. um one partner gets more anxious than the other sometimes. And I think that um, you definitely definitely need to be on one accord. It's very, very hard um, when you need to discuss things and you got one that's like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to do this. Well, we have to go through a process because going through the process is going to help both of us. Now, if both of you guys' credit is is bomb, then I think the first step should be you seek assistance in getting it to a point where you can you both can function. Um, I did have a young lady. She came to me. <laughs> she said, "I'm getting ready to marry this guy. His credit sucks." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and um, and see, she's been on having she had she's had her business for many, many, many years, and she's like. Uh-uh. She said, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm a 700 plus and I'm not, I'm not dealing with nobody in no 300, 400 credit. I'm not <laughs> dealing with that. She said, I love him and everything, but I'm not going in debt because it took me such and such a time to get me out. She said, so. Uh-oh. And that's really Ms. Liz, real, though. Miss <laughs> Liz, I'm going to need you to help me help him because I can't do it. I was like, okay, no worries. That's a I tough, mean, that's a tough spot. I was like, you know, so, I mean, they had date and everything ready. I said, well, let's go ahead and get him started. And we, and he basically, he had his own business too. He had the right mindset in being an entrepreneur the whole night, but not the mindset of having good credit because most of the time he did a lot of cash, but then she was like, forget that cash. We need to get some credit cards up in here. And I was like, okay. (laughs) She was was about that business. She (laughs) was about that business. And I think that we, we need to be just a little bit aggressive when it comes down to our finances. Well, and I think so many people though, you know, we don't really learn about it in school or most of us didn't. I think they're doing a little more with financial literacy in schools now. Thank goodness. But it's still not enough because really people are spending so much time with just pure academia that they're not teaching kids the basics of life and before they leave high school I think you know kids need to know how to look at your um have you balanced your accounts do you Mm -hmm. know even about what credit does how it uh affects you you know what you can do with it what happens if it if it's not a good score what is right. a good score? What's a great score? How does that, ma- you know, how does that impact you with interest rates and what you can have and how much money you can get for certain things based on what that score is? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. I was in a lot of honors and college prep classes growing up. And not once did I get a class about at that point teaching you how to balance a checkbook or yeah. Yeah, you were never going to get that. That no. And the sad part is I didn't learn how to balance a checkbook until I was 30 years old. Right. And a friend of mine taught me (laughs) (laughs) a friend of mine taught me how to do it. And I was like, why didn't I know this? He said, Did you pay attention in school? I said, They didn't teach us this in school. Mm -mm. And he was like, Well, what school did you get to? I said, Evidently, you must have went some you must have went to a private school (laughs) because they didn't teach this in public school. Not not I went to. (laughs) (laughs) So the the biggest thing I, I really say about relationships. And, and love and relationships and love and money. Hello. Can you hear me? Somebody yeah. trying to call me. I thought I had it on. I thought I had it on. Uh, do not disturb. But they try to call me anyway. So, <laughs> but um, relationships and finance. Is is a it's a tough thing when it comes down to people 
exposing themselves. And I, I noticed that, especially when I'm dealing with cleaning credit, everybody's like, well, you, you, you know, you have all my information and, and I, I'm like, you know what? I'm cleaning your credit. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to understand I'm, I'm, I'm helping you restore your credit. So I can't get nothing off this right here. So <laughs> you, we, let's you just, <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what, what like you gotta steal their identity and their credit sucks. You're like, I don't want to steal this identity. I, I need some, <laughs> something with some, with, with some meat in it. But but believe it or not, there was a there's a young man in that um I follow on Clubhouse. His name is um Flame. We call him Flame. His name is Flame Newton, actually. And he wrote a book, the the school of of credit. And that was something he actually did. He went to prison because he would take people with horrible credit that never looked at their credit and he he repaired their credit, fixed their credit and he bought houses, cars and everything with their credit. These people have wow. immaculate credit and they didn't even know they had credit because they never checked their credit. Wow. And he was getting paid <laughs> off of everybody's credit. Huh. And their identity and everything. So wow, it's one thing I I understand when people, but I always sign an agreement with my people that you know if, if anything should go wrong while their information is in my possession, and that you know they'll be taken care of in whatever way. But I make sure I put everything in an agreement so we both are accountable. Mm-hmm. So um, but whenever you when credit is so key and money and relationships is is so key yeah. and it it helps you understand each other too because how a person spends money how they um save money what they think about money i mean it 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 reflects your relationship on how you will build because mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to build something if you're looking to build an empire you can't be out shopping for it bags or $30,000 shoes. Instead of being the consumer, we have to become owners in in, in entrepreneurship and different things that we want to accomplish. So we definitely have to be on one accord and changing our mindset with each other, especially when it comes down to that money. Because, I mean, there was a time my husband and I was in a hardship. I mean, we couldn't split a dollar to go get a hamburger but we stayed together because we knew if we continue on this path together we're going to be able to build our empire the way we want to build our empire do the things we want to do and today we're fine well I think you know I'm like you had a real good solid foundation with your communication and I think mm-hmm. so much you know we've talked to several therapists on our show Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many couples who either didn't have a good start with that based on their family backgrounds or, you know, previous trauma from whatever other relationships, whether it was family or other love relationships they've had. And so, so many times people are carrying so much baggage, you know, whether it's your mindset about money. There's so many people mm-hmm. that feel like... um they don't understand money. They don't deserve money without mm-hmm. just working themselves to death to get it. Or um, there's just so many different bags that people carry with them into a mm-hmm. new relationship. And I, for one, believe, you know, a good therapist, couples therapist is a good start to to some of that, even before you get into a marriage. Like if you're really wow. seriously thinking about marrying someone, then go and air out in a safe space where somebody can really help, you know, whether it's pastoral counseling, a a pastor who's really well-versed in assisting couples in all facets, because I think Mm -hmm. we often think about love so much that we're not thinking about compatibility in every Mm -hmm. area. You know, what is your money mindset? What, how do you believe in saving? What are you trying to grow into? You know, there's some people that feel like I'm cool at a hundred thousand, but if you've got a partner who wants to be a millionaire, Mm-hmm. then you're not going to be equally yoked because mm. you're not in the same mind space about money and, and about goal setting. And I think when you have a, a money conversation, really that and politics and religion really air out where your differences are. 
But so often people are not willing to have those honest conversations for fear that this is the best I'm going to get. And if that's what you're thinking right now, you better rethink who, you, who you're with. Because if you're thinking this is the best I can get, not you are the best I ever had. You're the right. best one I've, I ever hoped mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You're thinking differently already. And that's, right. that's the lack mentality right there to start with. Um, so, you know, it sounds like you and your husband really had a great foundation to be in such a low place and to keep wanting to grow together. I think that to me, my mom used to say, you know, sometimes it's not the death of the body that messes up the relationship, but the, the death of not the, it's the death of the relationship. It's the death of the growth. It's the death Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. you seeing things the same way or wanting to even continue to, to work things out and to talk things out that, that ends up ruining a relationship and money is one of those things where I'm like, Jorge, I can remember back, you know, back into some old relationships where people weren't honest. And then when you find out they're not, they're not being honest about their finances or their financial responsibilities or what they said they had or were going to do about it. And they never did. Like it was that feeling of being lied to over and over again, repeatedly, not just the one time. And then you turn and change and we keep moving forward, but you lie and you stay in the lie until I discover how deep the lie is. And I'm like, now mm-hmm. you ruin trust. Not only have right. you not told me the truth, but mm-hmm. we were never in a foundation of truth and trust to begin with. And I think for so many people, that's what's very devastating. And then it impacts you, I think, really moving forward, which, again, is why, you know, again, getting yourself together before jumping into the middle of something with somebody so quickly is important. And Liz, you have just um, really put the nail on, hit the nail on the head with so many things tonight. Um, But tell us, you, you said you had this favorite author uh, but in your bio, we know somebody who's about to be an author. And tell us a little bit about what that's about. Well, um, I am working on a workbook. Um, I'm working on a workbook on credit because I feel like anything that's written down, you can either memorize it and, and it's better to, um, you, you won't forget it. Because if you write something over and over and over, it's consistency uh, and persistence as well. So it would get into your system where you can go back and look at it. Okay, this is what I wrote. This is what happens here. Mm-hmm. And um, my focus is to focus on the high school students and the college students, students that are going into college that are getting all these credit card offers. You know, what do you do um, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're getting these credit card offers? What do you, and especially um, <laughs> those kids that their parents use their social security number to get a light cut on and the water cut on and mm-hmm. and, the, and the paying a gas bill or different things like that. And they, they messed up from birth. Right. You know? So to give those children an opportunity, I just feel that um, doing this workbook will help out a lot, not just high school students or children, uh, adults as well. So it's an all around book. Um, I haven't come up with a title yet, but I'm definitely working on the book itself. I said the title will come sooner or later. However, mm-hmm. it's just, I just feel like as I continue to talk more and more about credit and talk more and more and, and give different um, vocabulary, and th- that's a major thing with me, is just knowing different words and the, mm-hmm. knowing, the, knowing the terminology when it comes down to, you know, credit, debt, financial literacy, and knowing the difference between debt. A lot of people think debt is debt. No, there's good debt and there's bad debt. Mm-hmm. But that good debt is when you get a loan, you take that loan, you use that loan to make money. Anytime you use that, um, the saying, it takes money to make money. Yes, you take that money and you make money. Ooh, I when like you bring that. You bring money back. Because if that, that's not debt at that point. Because you can always set aside three months payment to pay that debt back. But in the meanwhile, you take the money that you have left to go on and do what you have to do to make money. And next thing you know, that debt is taken care of. Then you go borrow some more and do the same. That is how we get out of the rat race. We take money to make money. And a lot of people think, gosh, I just took out a $40,000 loan. 
$40,000. Don't you know you can go to the tax deans, liens, certificates, to the courthouse steps and go buy a property, fix and flip it with somebody else's money, use the money that you have to do the small things against what you have now. You have an investment. An investment property, absolutely. Let me chime in on something here. Um, so one thing that we do need to point out is that, you know, from a relationship standpoint, um, people have to be real. Like they have right. to be honest that, hey, I am not good with money or I am not a good manager of money. Right. And you have some people where you give them a thousand dollars and you give it to them on a Friday and by Monday morning it's gone. Right. So when you enter a relationship, man or woman or whomever, mm-hmm. um, you need to be aware and be honest with your partner that, hey, look, that is not really my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So either help me get better or mm-hmm. own up to it and let your partner or whoever's more fiscally responsible take charge in that area. Um, for example, in my parents' marriage, my mom handles all the finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad trusts her blindly. My dad mm-hmm. has no concerns. My mom has access to the money and she pays the bills and my dad doesn't ask any questions or anything because mm-hmm. he knows that she is fiscally responsible and she's not going to go on some crazy shopping spree or bite off more, more than she can chew financially. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that comes with um, from where our parents came from in the, in the old school mm-hmm. style. And they the mothers or the women in the family always had that major responsibility because the man is was always out working and doing what he did. The kids these days, they don't even think like that. It's like, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Yes, absolutely. And, and they have, and especially um, especially now, it's, it's like women, and I would say our culture of women is like you're so independent to where you you wonder why you don't have a man or why mm-hmm. nobody wants to be around you is because you spin, 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 spin and think about the repercussions later. Now, are all of us like that? No. Are some of us like that? Most of us? Yes. Because we, sometimes there's babies raising babies and you, they just don't understand finance. And a lot of the finance wasn't taught. So you don't know until later on. I'm 54 years old and I'm just really getting into the financial thing. So I know from being born in the 60s, you know, and in that time, the 60s and the 70s, a lot of us wasn't thinking about finances or mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't brought to our attention about finances. But we saw our mother take care of our father and make sure he was straight. She, she made sure that all the bills were paid. Everything was done. And I guess that's where I watched my mother, actually, how she did everything. And I pretty much mimicked what she's done in my marriage today. And I think that kind of helps because now I watch them communicate. I watch them do everything pretty much together. And that was the kind of relationship that I wanted. So now I communicate with my husband. My husband give me $20 one day. And five weeks later, I might still have that twenty dollars nice. because if I don't feel any reason to spend it, I won't spend it. Mm-hmm. That trust, now, but that's that trust and that you know understanding that hey, you're disciplined, and some people don't have that discipline to just you know know to spend within their means. Now, right. something that I I want I want to touch on is, and I've seen a lot of scenarios where mm-hmm. men or women they get wrapped up in these situationships or relationships Mm -hmm. and they basically become walking ATMs for this individual Mm -hmm. and they think it's love, but somebody just constantly seeing you as their, you know, firefighter to put out their financial fires. And then you're never going to see that money back. But you know what that is? That's financial abuse. That, That person is committing financial abuse on another person. So what do you consider that definition to be, Liz? Financial financial abuse is taking advantage of someone that you say you care for and that you say you love, but 
the real reason why you're there with that ulterior motive is to take whatever you can take at the time you can take it. And at the drop of a dime, you will, you will leave and you go wherever you want to go. But long as you're getting your satisfaction, you're good. But what about the other person? So that's what I call financial abuse. That's just as bad as physical abuse or verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you're, ta- you're taking from someone that's working hard to make sure that you're okay. And that's disrespect in a relationship. That's why people have to be, I tell people all the time, guard your money like you guard your heart because mm-hmm. we work hard for our money. Yes, And we do. if you're just out giving it away, people see that and people are going to take advantage. That's just human behavior. People just, they have, people like to take advantage of a good thing. And if they see that you are just giving this money out, people are going to see that and they're going to prey on that. So you have to be very mindful and ask yourself, if I loan this man or this woman or this person $2,000 because they're in a bind, would they do the same for me? Ask yourself that question. Would they do the same for me? And the way, you know, there's a Southern saying, if somebody needs help, give them a hand. If they need two hands, they don't need your help. Right. <laughs> but the one, the one thing I always say, desperate people do desperate things. Mm. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah, we say that a lot in the show too. <laughs> yes, hurt people hurt people. And and when a person is hurting financially, they want to make their problem your problem. And, and it's not always true. And and when you don't allow that, then they get angry and they're ready to, to flee the situation. And I always say, if if that will make you flee a situation, then you didn't need that person anyway. So just so, to kind of, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your talk. So I I always say within relationships, I do think that the first thing you need to discuss is is finances and and know your terminology, study for yourself. So when you're asking questions and you're discussing different things, just say, let's do this together. If your credit is not right, his credit not right, let's do this together. Let's, Let's get right together before we make a major decision. And then the, during that process, we give you your tests and your trials to see if you even want to be together. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and because there is going to be a time within you both learning together, there's going to be some pressure. And that will let you know if that person can, you know, survive under certain types of pressure, especially when it comes to finances. I have not known of any marriage, unless you was born with a silver spoon in your mouth, any marriage that didn't go through any financial challenges. And everybody has their challenging moments, but you have to know how to endure those moments. Even if you both have to stop, sit at home and just say, hey, this is what we do. Let's sit down. Let's change up our budget. Maybe we missed it here or maybe we missed it here. And you need to talk with each other. So... 86% of people, no, 42% of people that talk about their marriages, talk about their finances on a weekly basis are happy people Mm. because they're keeping up with each other. 27% that don't talk about at all are are unhappy people. Wow. Look at that. Dropping some knowledge. Dodge the conversation. Listen, just the red flag. Red flag. To to recap and to kind of give our viewers something to kind of focus on, number one, have a sit down with the, you know, with your partner about these conversations so that you know what you're walking into. And number two, get on the same page with what your financial goals are within the relationship. And Mm -hmm. number three, identify your strengths and weaknesses within this because you can't be trusting somebody that has, you know, a spending Mm -hmm. hat, you know, that they have, you know, they they don't hold the money or maybe they have a gambling problem or, you know, alcohol abuse or whatnot. And then you're giving them the keys to the castle and then they go blow all that money. And then you're not going to ever see that money again. Right. And one thing that I would say is embrace, embrace your flaws, understand each other because nothing is perfect. And you can have a, a perfectly imperfect relationship. And you can still thrive, but you have to sit down and communicate. There is no way that it can be done if there's no communication. 
And that is the key to all finances before you even get to the credit part. Communication is going to be the key. So as you look at the word relationships, the first thing you need to do is relate to your partner. Love it, Liz. Love it. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, Liz, if they want to follow you or find out more about um, how to how to get your services to get their financial house in order? Okay. Um, I have a website. It's IamBossCreator.com. Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. I am Boss Creator. All right. We're going to try to talk her young people into getting that Snapchat. <laughs> yes, I got to talk about that. I have to get that Snapchat. I'm going to get the Snapchat. I'm going to get that Snapchat. Now. I'm going to get that Snapchat. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I am boss creator and I believe in creating strong minds and, and, and helping and assisting and educating, motivating and inspiring people. But thank we you so it. much for your time and your knowledge and your uh, thorough detail regarding you know the finances and how it impacts people i hope uh, people will find this useful and will stop and think like hey i need to you know make sure that this is also something you know that's a priority within my relationship or within my dating habits right absolutely. right absolutely right. well thanks again uh everyone for being a part of our 20th podcast stay tuned and follow us at um, the relationship cycle.com our website and be looking for more wonderful educational shows like this one coming forward we're going to keep this uh, keep this fire stoked uh, even after the summer so uh, yes, Bobby, Liz thank you yes. both uh, thank you to our audience and You're welcome. thank you for having me thank Absolutely. you ladies great conversation have a good night Buenas noches. good night Good night. Thanks for joining us today on the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Do you have show ideas? Email us at jorgeandnelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.